On May 24th, Google Marketing Live took place as a hybrid event with some in-person attendance and a live stream. Last year, Performance Max stole the show. And this year, it looks like it wants to do it again. I'm Lee Levy, co-founder of Nanato Media and author of Beyoncé Habla Español, How Lawyers Win the Hispanic Market. And this is In Camera Podcast, where we recognize the future of digital ads in a GLM slide deck. Welcome to Incamera Podcast, Private Legal Marketing Conversations. Grace, welcome back. How are you today? Good. How are you, Leo? I'm doing very well, Grace. Thank you very much for asking. After having what we can call here in this podcast, kind of like an unplanned break, but one that actually was very nice, Grace. Yes, it was. Sometimes, I guess, we got to take a little break from our weekly podcasts. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. So um, last week we had a Memorial Day weekend and we did not publish a podcast. Just some technical issues got on the way. Thank, thanks everyone for your patience in us getting back on track. But I do want to say that I had a really exciting week last week since Natalie and I traveled to Mexico to meet with most of our team who came from different parts and from Mexico where uh, many of them are based. And it was just a great time to work on projects and get together after quite some time since pretty much the beginning of COVID. So, yeah. That's great. So you basically have a company get together. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, and you know, Grace, I think it really brings back to perspective the, the value and the importance that there is from those personal um, relations from building just not a working relationship that it's remote and very uh, transactional, but just having those uh, one-on-one moments with your colleagues and together. It's just, you know, it it creates culture, it creates atmosphere, it just changes completely the dynamics of things. It sure does. You know, personal touches, we've talked about it many, many times and on the podcast and different ones, you know, there's nothing like it. And unfortunately with COVID, it did take away a lot of that. But now that everyone's coming back, we are now able to have that one-on-one relationship again with people. Yeah, and obviously when you're dealing with an international team, things get even more complicated. But at the same time, I think it's it's an effort definitely worth doing. And obviously in your case also, as your team has grown to be more spread all over, right? Uh, you're no longer just a team based out of South Florida. Now you have uh, colleagues in different parts, different states. And so I know you guys value that a lot and you also do it. So it's it's great. Yes, I'm, I'm excited that you got to do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Grace, that was really, really fun. But now today we have a big topic to cover, and that is news and updates from Google Marketing Live. And for those of you who do not know, Google Marketing Live is kind of like the big event in the year where Google makes all of their announcements in relation to Google 
ads and Google marketing. And so this is extremely relevant for our podcast because not only do we believe that Google search is still the most powerful platform to advertise for any law firm, but also because it helps us understand where is Google taking their platform and when they're where they're envisioning their platform going, not just in the next few months, but in the next few years. Because if one thing we've learned over the years is that Google Marketing Live is pretty much the place where you are likely to find about the next big thing coming up. And we can look at it just by seeing the trajectory of announcements that have come up. For instance, back in 2018, responsive search ads were announced. And nowadays, just like a few months ago or a month ago, we had an episode fully dedicated on how responsive search ads are now this month becoming the only type of ad that you can actually run or create a new campaign for in Google search. So that's how big of an impact the announcements that you hear on Google Marketing Live will have in the future of Google Ads. And again, we're talking about responsive search ads that were announced back in 2018. As a matter of fact, Natalie was present at that Google Marketing Live. It was back in San Jose. Or then um, Max Conversion Value, which was in 2019, that was announced. And that was back in San Francisco. I was that I was present at that uh, Google Marketing Live. And then we went into... Um, pandemic mode. The event was held uh, remote. Now this year it was held hybrid. And, you know, when we look at last year's Google Marketing Live, the big announcement of that year was Performance Max campaign. And it's really interesting because in the same pattern that other announcements of Google Marketing Live, um, they sometimes seem a little bit controversial, right? And Performance Max campaign just happens to be one of those that has retained that controversy a little bit. They sound very exciting and promising in the first uh, at a first glance, but I think there's a lot of mixed feelings about how Performance Max campaign has actually really delivered results uh, in, you know, when put into practice. And so um, it's going to be interesting to see how that evolves. And a lot of the announcements were enhancements and new compatibilities put on Performance Max, which we're going to cover in just one moment. But great. First, what are your uh, initial thoughts? You've gone through the documentation. You've seen the updates. What do you see at a first glance? Well, truthfully, you know, with Google's updates every year, they, uh, unfortunately, in my opinion, a lot of them just kind of get muddied up together, you know, because you start seeing all these updates on top of updates on top of updates. And you're like, okay, <laughs> what's important and what's not? Mm -hmm. So what from what I've seen, I did see, you know, a lot of the things that they uh, said at the Google Marketing Live, I've actually had experience with over the last few months. So it was kind of interesting that they, they were talking about it as, you know, what's new and what's coming out. Um, and mm -hmm. to the point about the Performance Max, I've experienced quite a few of those, uh, quote unquote, optimizations to the project, I guess is what I would call it. Um, and we'll speak more about it, obviously, as we go along, but it's very different. Um, and I can see why there's some controversy to it. I see the pros and I see the cons, right, across the board on a lot of these things that they've done. But I don't think there's anything more controversial at the moment, at least for me either, about than Performance Max. Yeah, I think it's been, um, you know, one of those campaigns that puts a lot of emphasis in automation, 
And I think, you know, as we talked about this recently in one of our episodes, um, you need to make sure that you're setting up for Google the right rules for a Performance Max campaign to do kind of like you want the campaign to do. The other thing is that Performance Max campaign also seems to be, and we will talk about it just in one moment now, is that more so than the type of campaign that would help drive food traffic or actually actual in-store sales, which seems to be more what Performance Max campaign is geared towards, right? Yes. We see that it's becoming more of a retail relevancy campaign, more so than you would think kind of like LSAs have been for service providers. And um, that's going to be reflected in some of the updates and where they're shifting their attention in making improvements for that campaign. That's not to be say that uh, Performance Max campaign is not a very powerful local campaign. It's just one that seems to be geared more towards generating brand awareness than potential uh, valuable conversions or high intent conversions. But Grace, we have a lot to cover. And for that reason, we're going to split this episode into two. So we can go through some of the different updates that we feel that are important to bring up. We may just go over some others that are really not going to be relevant for the industry in which we are involved. Uh, and so we may skip through some of the things that have been released for shopping. But as a whole, we want to try to squeeze and get, get a good idea of how some of these new updates can already be put into use or uh, what's coming up in the next few months or later this year, or maybe next year, because that's the other thing with Google. You never really know when things are gonna become available. Most of the marketing live announcements uh, are a combination between things that are rolling out on beta. And what does it mean rolling out on beta? It means that it's only available to a very select group of advertisers. And that may be you or may not be. And then when they actually do other releases from other beta betas, that also comes scattered. And it's very hard to predict when they're really going to be uh, available to everyone to use. But I think we can also predict on those based on the relevancy and the clarity that exists on that particular um, update or feature. So Grace, let's start where we, where we are at, which is the new features for Performance Max. So according to this actually great article from WordStream, which we're going to have here on the notes, what are some of the updates that Performance Max is going to be having as new improvements announced on Google Marketing Live? And it looks like some of them, some of them are going to be coming uh, on, the, on the third quarter of this year. Yes. And from what I see here in terms of the uh... Performance Max campaigns, it's to your point about stores and store sales. It does seem to kind of be geared towards that, right? Uh, they talk about store sales reporting and bidding. Yeah. So essentially, you know, if you're running a Performance Max campaign for a store goal, like you're trying to get people to the store for foot traffic, mm -hmm. store sales as well, you will soon be able to optimize uh, not just for the store traffic, but sales specifically, right? So yeah. One's foot traffic, one is the actual dollars and cents that you want people to buy. Um, apparently there's a beta in the local campaigns, but it will be soon available in Performance Max. So that means LSAs, right? Um, that they're currently yep. available. Uh, but um, Well, no, LSAs are local service ads, but local campaigns are basically going to be co entirely replaced by, by Performance Max campaigns. So oh. it shouldn't, it, yeah, uh-huh. So um, Can you explain local a little bit about that? 
Yeah, so local campaigns are basically the older generation of Performance Max campaign, and right now they're still overlapping, but Google has made it very clear that Performance Max is fully going to take over it. And so now, basically, what they're doing here is uh, a type of um, reporting that already exists of feature or... Um, a strategy that already exists on local campaign is going to be uh, added also to performance max campaign. And so it's primarily just so that by the time that local campaign campaigns are completely shut off, performance max campaign is not lacking on some of the features that already existed on local campaigns. So yeah, that's kind of just, you know, a, a, a release, but just primarily just they're bringing performance packs up to speed so that it can really become the replacement nice. for local campaigns. Mm -hmm. That yep. makes perfect sense, actually, because basically mm -hmm. what they're doing, all that nearby, near me, all of that mm -hmm. is essentially getting absorbed into the performance max. So they're trying yeah. to take everything out of the one and just merge them into this now new performance max. Makes sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and you need to remember that Performance Max campaign is a campaign that Google is trying to make it extremely easy for advertisers just to be discoverable anywhere across all the Google ecosystem. So that gives you an opportunity to be visible on YouTube, on display, on search, and uh, obviously on the maps. And so it's just a very efficient way of getting that visibility. The, the tricky part here with Performance Max Campaign is really uh, making sure that the traffic and the visibility that you're getting is high intent and not just Impression. very, yeah, very random, only based on really location, which at times may not necessarily be the most efficient if you're actually trying to get cases out of this campaign. So that's one of the updates, Grace. Now, the other one that they've announced here is burst campaigns and also highly tied to what you're saying so that if you're going to be running a campaign that is trying to measure things like in-store visits, you usually had to wait 30 days to gather enough reach. But now with the burst campaign, it basically allows you to cut that waiting time into half, still have kind of like the same impact. So nice. I mean, Google has been making it very clear that they understand that there is things in their system that's, that take time, like machine learning for the system to actually understand the relevancy of your campaigns, of your ads, to give you a quality score, to give you the visibility that you want. It requires some time, right? You change the strategy from maximize conversion to maximize, click, maximize clicks, right? It doesn't really matter. It always kind of like requires from for the for for the system for the machine for the algorithms to update themselves and understand what is it that you're trying to achieve and so now google over the years has been promising that they're committed towards reducing those wait times because um they are obviously not great as a marketeer you make this type of considerations is it worth our while to make a dramatic shift on the strategy, knowing that it's going to potentially slow us down significantly for a period of time. So you need to be thinking more kind of like on the mid-long term and understand the consequences that you may face at the beginning. So they're, I think, trying to level off and remove some of that pain that comes with um, what has been traditionally the process of uh, rolling in a new campaign. And, that, and that's great.
Now, Grace, the other one here that uh, comes up on the list is experiment tools. And I think this one's a really, really good one. And I'm glad to see it there. Because um, let's just backtrack a little bit for those who are not so seasoned on Google Ads. You know that you now have the option of instead of running two different campaigns simultaneously and see which one works better, you can have one campaign running and then do an experiment inside that campaign that is testing out something different for you and let these ones go on for a month and then you're able to see which one's performing best, right? And what Google does through experiment, you may be thinking, well, what's the difference between doing it that way and having the two campaigns separate is that per se, you don't have to allocate twice the budget so you can really have both campaigns equally geared towards running. What Google does with experiments is it allows you to re really uh, split, um, kind of like in real time, both of your campaigns so you can measure them under the same circumstances um, without necessarily having to, to double up on your on your budget or or entirely build two different campaigns, and uh, it will allow you to test you know other campaigns that you have going on, not necessarily for instance a local uh, campaign, but an other search campaign, other campaigns on Google Ads, and just compare them towards uh, with Performance Max. Run an experiment with that campaign uh, running as Performance Max, and I think that's really interesting, and that's going to be a great way for those who've not yet tried Performance Max to get, uh, you know, to dip their toes in the water and see, hey, could this be something that get us some uh, solutions to our needs? What do you think? You know me and testing, right? So when it comes to split A-B testing, experiments, all of that within the same campaign, I love it and I've been using it since they released it in the yeah. beta version of Performance Max. So yeah, yeah. I mean, there's nothing yeah. like it. You have to. And the most important thing I think I mean, a lot of people forget this, um, not if you're doing it all the time, right? But a lot of people forget this, only change one element at a time. Don't change multiple elements when you do a split A-B test. Uh, so it's just, just a note, you know, about that. But yes, of course, when it comes to split A-B testing, you don't want to have to run two, you know, side-by-side, full-blown campaigns, pay the same amount of money, you know, and then all of a sudden this one was complete bust. Why don't you run it within the same? You have a split A-B test and an experiment. And that's what the experiment is supposed to help you with, to figure out one element at a time between that particular campaign. As long as it's all the same, you know, like in terms of uh, the overarching goal of the advertisement that you're trying to place out there, you should be fine to just do a split A-B test. That's right, Grace. And so... That's actually a great uh, piece of advice that you say there about how to go um, about testing out things. And I think the only thing that I would add to it is make sure that you're testing for us significant for us, you know, enough time. I think any test that is uh, below thirty days is not gonna generate enough data for you to really be able to have um, a substantial amount to not just look at it as. Um, a snapshot of what could have been happening at a particular time. So um, definitely Google recommends that if you're going to be running experiments, you at least let them run for 30 days and nothing less than that. So that is a great new addition that's going to be available in for Performance Max campaigns. Now, there is other good features that I see and I believe that this could have been 
potentially made available because of all of the feedback that there has been around the performance max campaigns and their efficiency in generating results results is uh, explanations. And so what basically this is, is that rather than the marketeers having to go around cross-referencing different uh, data and reporting tools to understand what are the reasons their campaigns are performing in such way, Google will give you insights on your main screen like there's going to be an actual screen of insights and you're going to be able to see there exactly what's been affecting the performance of your campaigns and obviously with that you will get recommendations so that you could improve the performance of the campaign and of course also you will also have an optimization score on your performance max campaign so again these are all some of the features that exist in other types of campaigns. We know about optimization scores. We've been seeing the recommendations that Google is making in other type of search campaigns. Um, now these are all going to be added to Performance Max so that uh, advertisers have less of a hard time trying to get their campaigns to do what they want. And it was going to be a matter to see, right, Grace? Because as we've talked about um, in recent episodes, not always the recommendations are welcomed, right? Not always the recommendations are the right ones. And so um, I think it's not to be taken for granted that they're going to be accurate to shift the strategy towards the direction that you needed to go. But of course, any sort of insight is better than none. Any thoughts? Definitely. You and I talked about this actually when it happened to me that they were suggesting some things and I was like, I don't know. Like that's not gonna work for what I'm what we are planning for that particular ad that I'm running. So yeah, I I agree with you. It's not always gonna be the right suggestions, but it is kind of nice to see that they'll try to give people recommendations that are a little more pointed and specific, right? So I have seen them and some of them were valuable and made it a very easy to quick fix apply them with a button, right? So that is definitely a fantastic feature for people that want to in, you know, implement a suggestion very easily and quickly by clicking a button. Um, but some of them, you know, you do have to pay attention to the fact that you might, it might not actually reach your goal. So, you know, it, it comes as part of an explanation to whomever it is that you're running the campaign for, um, you know, unfortunately it does add a little more work <laughs> because now you have to explain to your, you know, person um, or the person you're working for providing the service to why you're not going to implement that recommendation. You know, in our heads, we know exactly why we're not yeah. going to, but you know, it has to be yeah. with the explanation. So it does require a little more work now on the part of the marketing <laughs> provider, but you know, yeah. in a way, I think it's kind of better, um, gives you the opportunity to explain to somebody why your strategy is what it is and maybe make them even more interested and have more buy-in into what you're doing for them. Yeah, absolutely. And and again, I think, you know, as long as you have a, a great working relationship with your uh, agency and they've proven themselves and they know what they're doing, you can be rest assured that whether if you are running performance max campaign as part of your strategy, that um, this is this is part of the things that they will take into consideration, analyze and decide 
whether it's uh, fit for the strategy that you're conducting or not. And I think, you know, um, you you hire great people to do work for you so that they can make these decisions for you. If you're the type of person that needs to know it all, it's worth asking the questions, but I wouldn't get overly obsessed about it because it's potentially just going to be a waste of your time and it's not the best thing that you can do with it. Now, Grace, there is really more things to cover, but when it comes down to performance max campaigns, these, I believe, are the main updates that are strictly applicable and related to performance max campaign and as i said the reason why it's important to separate between performance max updates and the rest of the updates is because many of these updates already exist in other types of campaigns in google ads and um, they're just being made available now for performance max um you know i think the only thing that we've um missed on mentioning here is that performance max is max is only is also going to be available um through search at street 60 which is the more comprehensive platform that google uses for bigger enterprise level organizations that run uh strategies through multiple channels that could include platforms like google being yahoo baidu and so more uh, and so forth so um that's another thing important to keep in mind about google Marketing life of course here we're bringing it down to the level of uh legal marketing but when you're at the event uh, a lot of the attention goes into uh the marketing platform and uh google 360 because it's huge for the bigger organizations that's that's where they are running all of their campaigns from so and there's going to be a few other updates that are uh, very uh particular to 360. So, Grace, here is one that I really like about, and this is going to be new data for the Insights page. So, as you know very well, Google gives you uh, information on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. You know, you select the date range and Google is going to populate for you information about how your campaign's been performing performing and on the insights tab you can obviously see all of the small numbers that you care for from click through rate cost per click cost per conversion all of the percentages that you care about and then you also have the impression share now there is here a new concept that's going to be joining the insights page and that's going to be attribution insights grace can you care can you explain a little bit what an attribution insights is being explained as i sure can it's one of my favorite parts actually <laughs> um, so attribution insights for those of you who don't necessarily know the term of attribution or those who do it's just how do people get to you right through your different ad uh, that you've placed on youtube shopping gmail whatever type of ad you might actually have placed in Google, they now have a way of tracking. They always did up to a point, but now it's a lot more sophisticated, I would say. And um, the idea is to help you better understand the conversion paths. So what path does my customer take across my different Google ad campaigns? Do they start in display? Do they start in YouTube? Do they start in Gmail on one of those little ads that pop on the side? So what they're saying in the WordStream article is uh, very specific, and I think I could just use the sentence because it's perfect. This multi-touch attribution information, it helps you finally see the value of campaigns that indirectly lead to your conversion. So I know many of us, particularly when it comes to legal, we have our billboards, we have our uh, a lot of offline, we have a lot of online. So, you know, 
when it comes to this stuff and the, the online in particular, because you may have a Gmail ad, you may have a YouTube short, you may have whatever you have, right? And this brings it all together and helps you see finally uh, the multi-touches that gets them to you in the end and that last conversion. 100% Grace. I think this is wonderful. You explained it just what, just exactly for what it is. It gives you a bigger insight into understanding how your display and YouTube campaigns and potentially search campaigns are all interacting together. And it actually allows you to see literally how your conversions are uh, happening across multiple platforms. Where do they start? Like each conversion, first uh, touch point happen on display. Second touch point happen on search. The conversion happen after a touch point in YouTube. And it's so great. The reality is that there are multiple tools nowadays that you can use to track these kind of things. But of course, to have all of these tools already embedded inside your Google Ads account, make it just so much easier, A, to have access to the data, and B, to actually be able to measure the results and optimize based on this information that you're getting. So this is extremely useful and definitely a great uh, piece of insight that par particularly for campaigns like Performance Max is going to be very critical because the whole thing about Performance Max is that you're 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 being visible through many different uh, platforms, including Gmail, right? And so it's really good to see how are these helping each other and where are um, where are conversions actually happening more frequently and after how many touch points. So really good stuff here when it comes down to the insights. Um, the new sections on the insights page. Now, uh, the other one that is uh, that was announced was budget insights, and again, I think this one is more about uh, being able to get smarter with your budget. So, a few of the things that it will help you anticipate are uh, what optimizations you could potentially take. If you are over or underspending against your total monthly budget, or if you are over allocating funds into a particular campaign where it's not likely to get spent, so you can deploy that budget to other areas where they are more likely to get used. And so, as I've said, it's these are insights that you also could potentially be getting them already from other platforms, such as if you use Optimizer to manage your Google Ads campaigns. But at the same time, having it inside Google makes it not just easier to access the data, but also to take action on it. So I love it. I have here a little screenshot of how things are going to look like. And you have a little bar that's showing you like the progress bar, how far you are, what's the total amount for the for the month. So it's making it very visual, very user friendly. I think that's one of the things that really stood out for us is how much Google is trying to make the platform, which doesn't necessarily stand out for being very user friendly from the UX and UI, sorry, but I think these new boards are looking way more um, easy to read. And Grace, then we have first party audience insights. Yeah, these insights will use your first party data to help you see which segments are performing best. Okay, what we talk about first party data, that's essentially the customer segments. Right. So whether it's a returning customer, a VIP customer, as you 
qualify them, right? Because it depends on mm-hmm. sales and whatever else you have uh, assigned to that demographic, I'd say, or audience segment. Um, and what it'll allow you to do is to see even more granular information on what share of conversion that particular demographic would be. Now, why is that important? Well, for obvious reasons, when it comes to audiences that you build inside of the different Google search ads and campaigns that you have, you want to know how many you're getting in terms of conversion from one group versus the other. I mean, that is probably one of the most important pieces of information that all of us need and want, right? It's how much am I spending on this campaign and how many are actually converting from what I believe are my VIP customers. If your VIP customers or return customers are converting in terms of your share of conversions at a higher rate than new leads or new customers, that usually means you're doing a good job, right? In terms of keeping your customers and being able to convert them over and over again for whatever your product might be. Um, yeah. This kind of does go back to Liel, and I'd, I'd like you to say maybe a couple words on it because it does kind of go back to like more retail, I'd say. Um, yeah. It can be applied to, you know, like yeah. maybe some service areas or practice areas, but it's not that as easy, I'd say, for like yeah. torts or something like that because they're very specific, right? I, I was actually, <laughs> it's really funny that you mentioned this because I was actually thinking about about how the conversation is turning into kind of like a more general Google Ads conversation, not very applicable to the legal space, but I I want to bring it back to the legal space. And I actually think, Grace, you're right. I mean, when you think about it from this standpoint and you're thinking, you know, the way that Google is presenting it to you, repeat customers and your VIP customers, you don't use those terms in the uh, legal marketing, sorry, in in, in the legal industry that much because um, depending the type of law you practice, you may or may not have return customers, right? But I do think uh, you can certainly use this different segmentations and uh, use Google's insights on your different segments to be able to better run your campaigns. So first of all, first da- first party data, this could be data that you're collecting through your campaigns. And so obviously this could be different segments that you've built through your Google Ads activity, but this could also be data that you upload to the platform from your CRM, right? Now, Grace, that's where I feel the, the legal space can actually make and put this into their use. Because if you are data mining, right, for different types of masters and such, you can definitely have audiences that have already shown interest for particular masters. And I'm just going to use here one that is very obvious, which is going to be the baby formula one. And as we've seen and heard over the past few months, there is an overlap of different types of uh, cases of different types of formula issues that may be of interest from a particular segment to another particular segment. Does that make any sense, Grace? If you've had an issue with a particular formula, then chances are that you've probably, probably may also qualify for this other tort that is targeting this other issue with this other particular formula. And so now you can definitely use your different use your different um, segments and use that to run campaigns and see how they're performing right see how they are performing you can definitely look at random audiences and see how are they performing with a parquad campaign test out existing 
toward audiences for other torts is something that it's already being done probably through email marketing, but I think there's a lot of potential to do it also through Google's platforms, uh, particularly when you're looking at YouTube, when you're looking at the display network. Uh, that could be powerful and even Gmail, right? And so I think th this could be really valuable insights for being able to run that effectively. So uh, that's actually perfect. I'm glad that you brought up the baby formula because there's three of them, right? Three mass torts. There's the baby food, <laughs> right? So there's baby food, there's baby, exactly. baby formula, which is the NEC, necrotizing enterocolitis, which we have on another podcast. And then there's the Similac recall for the Abbott Laboratories. So that is the perfect example as to what you can use this for when you have those three. If you have a case for one, you potentially have a case on some of the others or they know somebody or they're, you know, in the same demographic group of other parents. Right. So that is yeah. a perfect uh, way to use this first party data um, and what is actually giving you conversions from one group yeah. to the next. So, yeah, exactly. So if you already have, let's say you've started off with a baby food strategy, right? And you've run that campaign and you are now setting up your baby formula, your baby, your first baby formula campaign. And uh, you want to add to the audience that you're going to be presenting your YouTube and your display ads and any other type of ads that you're going to be um, running here. You want to um, target your audience from the baby food campaign that already converted or at least clicked, interacted, engaged in some shape or form on the baby food campaign, now you can strategically add them to the audience that you're going to be targeting. And you can see how that audience, particularly those ones, are performing against other audiences that are also seeing the ads. And, and that is great. That is really, really great because it removes all of the guesswork as to does it work or, or, or it doesn't work. There is no connection because there's a lot of assumptions. But um, until you actually have real data to prove things out, you don't necessarily know whether it's working or not. So Google is giving you here a way of getting that information in an easier, in a much easier way. So um, I like it. And definitely this is just giving you an opportunity here to get more granular, to get more experimental and to test to test different things and be able to measure results because that's the other thing. How many times aren't we testing things but cannot actually tell whether they worked or didn't because the data is not clear. So this helps. All right, Grace, should we move on to the next one? Yes, let's go on to the next topic. All right. So Google Shopping updates. What do you think, Grace? I think we're going to scrape through this. I think so. It's mostly having to do with e-commerce businesses. So for us, it's not really super yeah. relevant. And I will just say, one of the things that you can do here is, you know, it's just cool from the user experience standpoint. So, you know, now when you go and search something in Google and you see the carousel that has the... Uh, items that you're searching for and their price already in Google. And usually when you click on them, they send you to the website and in the website, you can then potentially add it to the basket and then initiate the checkout inside the uh, store website. But what Google is doing now is actually allowing 
for uh, merchants to sell directly, for stores to, to sell directly from the search results page. So you can basically check out um, directly on the search results page. Now, my understanding is that when you hit checkout, because you can see the, the picture, right, Grace? Yes. It shows like a, some, some sport goggles, and then it allows you to click on checkout. And so what it does is it takes you to the page where uh, it's already been added to the basket and it's already asking you for your payment methods. So you're not checking out from the search results page. You're checking out from the website from where the item is being sold, but it's already taking you to the page where you do not have to manually add them to the basket and then kind of like initiate the sequence of steps of the checkout process. It already takes you to a checkout page inside the website of the, the store. Now, what I heard here is that the goal is to allow people to completely pay for the transaction on the search results page which we ultimately know goes very well with what Google is trying to do, which is keep the users on the platform. Why send them to a website? So what are your thoughts on, on, on that, Grace? Not so much on whether this is applicable or not for the legal industry, but more so on the fact that, you know, Google's continue to moving forward towards this pursuit of you guys can do it all here why why go to somewhere else you know obviously that that kind of takes away a little bit from some people's website right i mean what we want a driver the driver we want for the most part is for them to hang out on our website and go to other pages look at other products so for the perspective of the consumer which is the opposite right this is faster it's quicker it's less clicks it's going to be better for them it really is. It's a, it's a better experience, technically speaking, technically. Now, the reality for the merchandiser or the other side of the, the coin, which is the person putting these ads out, it can be a little tricky because you want them to kind of hang out and look at other products that you have available. So I have a little bit of a message. I know that most of our people have are usually, you know, actual legal service providers. So this may not, this probably won't be relevant, but if you do this, I would just say to always have a related services or related products page. And that way, when they do land on the checkout page, it will still at least give them a little bit. If it's still driving to your website, right? Your checkout yeah. page could have the related products or related services. So I've actually used this for legal before. I know it sounds, you know, it's mostly for request a, a, request a quote. Okay, so this works mm -hmm. a little bit with like more the estate planners and kind of yep. will and testament, like those types of services. Um, so I was able to use it and kind of give like a 3D view, a YouTube short or whatever of the service that the person provides. And it's really just like a video of the person or a 3D view of their office and then request a quote. So there is a way to use this that isn't specific to e-commerce exactly. Um, it is meant for e-commerce though. So what I would say is if you're a Woolen Testament lawyer, you could potentially use this and say, you know, request a quote and related services, you know, probate, uh, estate, whatever else. And that could be added to the end of this particular thing. You know, I have yeah. to bring it together at some point. Yeah, I, I mean, I, look, I love, the, I love the initiative and the creativity. I think Google is still kind of like... Um, Retail. Holding back, yes about uh, around selling items that they cannot verify exactly what they are, correct. 
but at the same time, it is certainly something that is uh, heading towards that direction because that's exactly what local service ads are, right? Yes. I mean, local service ads is an advertising to a service that uh, shows up in a very, very similar sort of experience. And will Google want to diversify on that in a different way and expand a little bit, make it more specific? I think it will happen. I think it's I think it's the natural progression. I think it's not as pressing to them as shopping uh, ads are for actual products, but I certainly see that being something that's going to be happening over the next few years. And I actually think that it may it may very well be uh, a good way and a good transition of the next generation of local service ads. Now, Grace, let's leave shopping aside because it's really not what we care about more, although it's interesting to always look at what's happening there to predict a little bit what's going to be coming in the future. And that's what we just did. But um, let's talk a little bit more about reporting because there were a few new things that were announced from the standpoint of reporting. And as we were just talking a moment ago, reporting is everything, right? I mean, the, the ability to be able to read and understand your data and get insights so that you can make better decisions and optimizations about your campaigns, it's everything. And so there's a few new updates here. I'm going to start here with the first one that I see, which is search and conversion lift tests. So what does this does, Great, is it actually tests randomly your different audiences between people that have seen and not seen YouTube ads that you're running and see if there's been any lifts in organic searches driven by your YouTube campaigns. Great, this is really amazing, particularly for those who are doing SEO. And those who are running YouTube ads, which nowadays, honestly, it's really kind of like a necessity. If you are a law firm that is doing brand building, YouTube is a place where you cannot not be. And now Google is going to give you really, really cool insights on how different segments or different audiences have responded to your uh, YouTube ads, if they've actually gone and searched for your um, uh, brand or for your services after seeing YouTube campaigns and see how those compare to those who are also making those searches, but without necessarily having seen your, uh, your ads and see whether the YouTube ads are actually helping in driving traffic to your site. What are your thoughts here? So, you know me and numbers, right? So when it comes to being able to know if somebody actually looked at your ad and didn't, this is a lot to do even with social media, right? You want to know if people look, got on your social media account and how, if you've increased followers. This is the same concept, you know, where how many people have seen my ad and have I actually increased my conversion? Have I increased the impressions, the lift, right? So versus those who've seen it versus those who haven't. You don't want to spend more time and effort on people that have already seen it. So to be able to see those and also, and to me, this is kind of the most important part. So maybe I should back up a little bit mm -hmm. when it comes to looking at the lift or the increase in conversion based on those who've seen it and those who haven't seen it. I think it's very important for people to remember that when they're looking at these numbers, you didn't have 
that exact information, at least not this clean. And so when you're looking at now lift conversions from one thing versus another, you just make sure that you're, you're aware of the fact that you're seeing those who have seen it or haven't seen it, but also what the are saying in here in terms of the funnels. So the, instead of random, it's a little more specific, right? So you can see your organic search and YouTube campaigns. And for me, mm -hmm. that's one of the most important things is the YouTube stuff. Cause like you said, YouTube is where you have to be particularly for brand awareness. And I, unless you're, you know, one of these huge names in legal, you're a lawyer in your particular state and they may not know who you are across yeah. the nation or even in your, your area. So it, yeah. it's important to be able to see this information and the fact that they're giving it to us now, use it. Yeah. Please. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Grace. I think everyone, I think the bigger guys are going to care about this and the smaller law firms that are just getting started. This is key. This is super important. And I think, you know, these are, this is data that's going to really primarily give you, and I think what Google understands here a little bit is that, you know, the way that we've digested digital marketing over the past few years has sold us into the idea that results and attribution needs to be black and white. You're either getting clients through it or you're not. And we're forgetting about the fact that a lot of digital marketing nowadays is also part of brand building as well. And I think here what Google is trying to do is to connect us to those two dots and help you see it more clearly how your YouTube campaigns are helping you drive traffic potentially to your uh, website. And that may not happen directly when they're seeing the YouTube ad. Why? Because they're in YouTube watching content. They're not going to stop and just interrupt what they're doing to go and search you. But even if, we're, if they were to do it afterwards, you can actually see it, right? You can actually see that it's helping drive traffic to your brand. And that's that's amazing insights. That's really, really good, Grace. Now, um, there's a few other things here. There's one that it's the conversion lift test. I will tell you what I'm very excited about. It's about uh, the next point, which is simplified tagging. So uh, one Google tag will replace global site tag for all of Google Ads and Google Analytics accounts. So you're basically going to be able to have a more simple way of tagging your website so it can actually gather all of the data that you care. And so that's always welcome, not just because, you know, uh, you want to keep things simple and clean, but also because you want to make sure that your uh, website has as little code as possible so that it's not heavy and it's not slowing it down. So simplified tagging seems like a great new addition and with that comes also a new feature called new reporting. So the new data that's going to be available, it's going to be on-device conversion. So this is going to be interesting. And it's also going to give you an actual report of the full funnel, right? And so obviously this is going to be depending on the way that you are setting up your events and your conversions so that Google can actually measure this data for you. But it can tell you first numbers. Well, the, the example that it shows here, it starts from numbers of clicks or interactions. So it will measure clicks, then how many of those converted, 
then how many of those actually qualified and then how many of those actually turn out to become retained clients. Now, um, again, this is something that we're going to have to see. How how does it work? How do you set it up? But it certainly sounds like a good way of being able to measure all of your funnel. Very effective, I think, for display and very effective for um, YouTube campaigns. I think a little bit less relevant for search campaigns where the intent is higher and the conversion journey tends to be more straightforward and most of the conversions are also happening over the phone best case scenario so not too sure how much this is going to be helpful for that type of strategy but yeah potentially a good opportunity in the different types of campaigns that you may be running right performance max definitely now we we already know google analytics 4 is here and is going towards becoming the replacement of universal analytics. Um, It's going to happen next year. So right now it's transition period. And there is going to be just more consideration over the way that you can get insights from Google Ads into analytics for, and it looks very well. It looks very uh, organized, very detailed. Remember that because your Google Ads is a paid strategy, you get demographics insights, you have other uh, insights that you do not get of your organic traffic. And so obviously analytics is going to be able to share with you in a very uh, user-friendly way, all of this valuable data that may be super important for you. And that's one thing I always say, Grace, that I think it's important is look at your Google Analytics and um, look at your data for your paid campaigns and, and use that to correlate what are you doing on offline marketing and see whether it, it matches, right? I mean, Different platforms, different audiences, yes, that could be the case, but uh, it could also be a good way to see where are you getting high levels of engagement and response and interest online and see whether you're you're also reaching those same segments offline through your strategy. Um, I think it's definitely worth keeping that in mind. And a lot of times it's it's just not looking at those numbers, not looking at that data. Uh, and so Google Analytics is a great place to, to gather uh, insights about demographics when it comes down to your paid campaigns. Um, also available in Google Ads, but this is a type of data that you usually be looking more in analytics when you're analyzing your website as a whole. So Grace, I think this is a great moment before you make your closing remarks, to stop for this first episode on insights on Google Marketing Live 2022, and then get back for our second episode next week with more updates and our takeaways. But first, what are your final thoughts? My final thoughts are, I really like the new updates that are coming out. I really do because it has to do with more numbers and more data and really figuring out where your clients are coming in, where they're going. And if even up to the point where if they're seeing someone else's ad, you know, I know that was a little weird in terms of the way we were, uh, they're kind of showing us that information, right? The lift and conversions and search lift is very technical. However, with all that being said, when we see that information kind of come out, we're going to let you guys know what that means, right? In terms of does that actually work or does that help you in any way? Right now, we don't know because we don't necessarily see that 
uh, over time. We needed like 30, 60, 90 days to really see a lot of the reporting and how that might affect what you're doing going forward. But besides that, you know, I think the performance max and all of these different things and all these new features, it's just new ways and or actually additional ways pulling from their other products and seeing what works and putting it into all these different products that they're just making better. So, you know, hopefully, not hopefully, Google's always about the user and the user's intent. So um, as long as they continue the same way and down this path, you know, we, we as the marketers and as law firm, um, you know, for service providers to clients and to consumers, we just need to keep up to date on everything that they're doing. And that's one of the most important things to do is just keep an eye on things as they're going on and make sure that you know what's going on in the market of Google because Google runs just about everything. Yeah, absolutely, Grace. And as and as, as you were saying, right, particularly with these conversion leaf tests, I mean, it's really interesting because what Google basically here is 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 opening the doors to, I think, you know, like when you're looking at auction insights where, where you cannot basically see how well you're performing against your competitors and who are your competitors for those campaigns that you are overlapping with, um, you know, you're basically now getting a, a new way of measuring yourself it's directly against your your competitors and 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 see whether you would you're performing better than them right and i, I think it's a very interesting approach i yet just yet to see how uh, how much data they're going to be sharing about how are you doing and what are they doing, right? Whether your click-through rate or the actions or the conversions are higher, lower, the same, if it's a percentage against what your uh, competitors are doing or, you know, the way they put it here, the next ad that would have played based on the bid rank, on the ad rank. So yeah, interesting stuff, Grace. If, if this is getting a little bit too technical, you know, it's normal. It's it's Google marketing life. And it's always about things that have not yet necessarily become used on a daily basis. But it's good to keep our eye on them, an eye on them, because they're very likely going to be in the next few years. Uh, so, Grace, thank you very much for a great conversation. And we'll be back for our second part next week. Next week. If you like our show, make sure you subscribe, tell your co-workers, leave us a review, and send us your questions at ask at incamerapodcast.com. We'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.